You're listening to the Arsenal Church Podcast. To learn more about the Arsenal, go to thearsenal.church. And if you'd like to receive more content throughout your week, feel free to download the Arsenal Church app. Today we are starting a new series of messages called Take Care of Yourself. And I think one thing that we do in in church often and we do it here, is we really get lost in taking care of everybody else. How do we send you out every week? Go love well. And that's really directed at like how we interact with other people, right? And I, I think it's really easy, especially um, those of us who were like kind of brought up in church to really, um, we get lost in helping other people and, and we forget about ourselves often. And this has happened to me like in in very practical everyday lives. I got four kids. I have four kids. And I cook dinner for them almost every night. And I remember last year, this happened to me multiple times. Like I'm cooking dinner and sometimes I'll do like, like, sometimes I'll do like you know, scratch dinners, and then other times I'm like, it's uh, chicken strips and tater tots, you know, like, it, there's there's variety there. Um, but I remember last year, there was, it happened probably three or four times when I was doing one of those meals that I was, like, really proud of. I'm, like, cooking for scratch, and then the kids are like, this isn't chicken nuggets, but I thought it was good. But I'm cooking this meal, and I remember, like, putting out the plates, and I'm like, plate, 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 uh, okay, forks, and we got, like, and one for you, and one for you, and one for you. And then I set the plate, like, the dinner, and all my kids are sitting down, and I'm looking at the meal, and I'm like, oh, where's mine? <laughs> like, literally forgot to set myself a plate. This happened to, at least three or four times this happened to me. And it was like, hey, like, Hey, you got, I remember like after that, I'd be like, don't forget to set yourself a plate. Like I forgot to set my own plate. Like what is, what what is wrong with you? And I think this is something that can really happen to us, not just in these like everyday things, but in kind of in life. And those of you, especially those of you who are, who are parents, I'm sure you've experienced that at times. And those of you who are not parents have probably experienced it in other ways as well. Like, we all have people that we take care of or help, and and it's really, really easy um, to get get kind of lost in that. And one thing for us, if if you call yourself a Christian, that word Christian means Christ-like or little Christ, right? It means we're like Christ. And so we look at the life of Christ, and Christ was one who gave himself. He was a giver. He gave his life literally he died for us and we can look at that and we go like we define ourselves sort of sort of by that idea and we lose ourselves in some of these i mean some other bible verses that we read deny yourself uh, present your body as a living sacrifice look to the interests of others jesus gave himself up and that really defines, thank you, Mark. And that really defines our lives as well. And I think when we take all of that and we define our entire life and Christian walk by it, it's easy to then in turn define ourselves and find our worth and our value in what we produce. 
in what we do for God instead of, I think a much healthier, healthier alternative is to define ourselves and define our worth by what Jesus has done for us. God looked at us and said, hey, you're worth it. You're, you're worth the life of Christ. Jesus gave his life for you. He, in that, he assigned a worth to you. And I think it's really important as we look at calling ourselves Christians, calling ourselves Christ-like, it's important to not only look at the way that Jesus died, but also look at the way that he lived, because I think what we'll find is that even Jesus took care of himself. And these aren't really verses that we, that we highlight a lot because it doesn't, honestly, like it doesn't speak to my ego and what I can do and be proud of myself. Like it's like, hey, take care of yourself. And because and, what it does is it points to my needs or my weaknesses. And that's not always very comfortable. So we're going to look at some things that Jesus did. Matthew 14, uh, verses 13 and 14, and, and let, me, let me set the stage here a little bit. Jesus had a cousin that was born uh, six months before him. His name was John the Baptist. And um, yeah, they were cousins. And Jesus was out doing his ministry one day when John's followers came to find him. And they came up to Jesus and they said, Jesus, John is dead. King Herod had him beheaded. His disciples came and took his body and buried it. And this was Jesus' cousin. And I think often if, if, if we feel like we're strong in our faith, we have to be strong in those moments. Like, you, I would expect that this is time for Jesus to make a speech to John's followers and give everybody comfort and stand up and give and give and give. But watch how Jesus responded to the news that his cousin was dead. Matthew 13, 14, 13 and 14. It says, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. He, Jesus, the Jesus, withdrew from hurting people. He got in a boat, and he goes, I need to be alone. Parents can also relate to this one. <clears throat> Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. I'm like, I'm trying to go to the bathroom, dad. Now watch this. He's still Jesus, right? When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. So here's the timeline. Jesus hears of his cousin dying. 
He tries to get away, and he probably has a little bit of time on a boat by himself. The Sea of Galilee is a a pretty big body of water. It takes a minute to go across. He's moving across this body of water. He gets to the other side. He's trying to get alone, like, I just want to be alone for a minute. And there's a huge crowd of people. And Jesus has compassion and heals their sick. And this is the moment where Jesus fed the 5,000. They're like, hey, we all came all the way over here because we heard you were here, but we're really hungry, and now it's really late, and it's too late to walk back, and we're all hungry. What, like? And Jesus is like, all right, food. Let me take, let me take care of you, right? So 5,000 people get to eat. And a lot of times that's a story that we, we chop out, right? We miss the part before where Jesus is trying to get alone. Jesus needs some alone time. And then he does a big miracle. And the big miracle is awesome. And we've dedicated many messages to the feeding of the 5,000. But watch what Jesus does next. After he feeds all the people, it says immediately, this is verse 22, Matthew 14, 22. Immediately Jesus made the disciples, made the disciples get into the boat. He's like, you, 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 in the boat. And they're like, what about you, Jesus? He's like, I'll, 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 I'll be the push-off guy, right? And so he makes them get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. So Jesus is like, everybody in. He's like, ah, bye, you know, like. And then he still has this crowd of people. And it says, while he dismissed the crowd, so he puts his disciples, the people who were closest to him, in a boat, and he goes, I'll see you, I'll see you later. Bye. And then he turns to the crowd and he goes, bye. You're all full. You had a nice little talk from me. I've given, I've given, I've given, and then watch what he does. This is Jesus. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. He didn't ignore the needs around him, but he, he recognized that he, like, he needed to get away. He, he's still grieving the death of his cousin here. He recognizes a need that he has. And then watch what he does next. He goes off, spends hours by himself, and then watch what we get next. A, another, like, back-to-back iconic moment from Jesus. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land. So the disciples get in the boat, they go out, and then it says, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So they're in the boat, they're out there, they're getting hit by waves, they're trying to row, they're trying to get to the other side. And then shortly before dawn, So all night, Jesus is by himself, and then shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Still Jesus. But there were these moments that we don't often talk about where Jesus goes, you know what, I need to be alone for a minute, or hours. Not with his disciples, not doing ministry, not giving, 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 but resting and taking care of himself. 
And we find this, this isn't like a one-time moment. We find this consistently throughout scripture where Jesus goes, it's like he withdrew. He went off by himself. He went away to pray. I don't think he was going away to pray and going, dear God, can I please have blah, blah. I, I think he was resting. I think we've lost that. We talked about that a little bit this morning in our, in our small group. I think Jesus was taking time to, to rest and to be in the quiet recognizing that he had a need. Specifically here, he had a need to grieve. Other times he had a need to prepare for something that was coming. But he was taking care of himself. He consistently found time to get away. The, the ultimate giver, right? We're not trying to discount what Jesus did for us. He was the ultimate giver, gave his life. In Hebrews, it says, with a single sacrifice, Jesus paid for the sins of all time. He was the ultimate giver. That's what his life did for us, paid for the sins of all time. And because he was such a giver, he took care of himself. He was the ultimate giver, so he took care of himself. I think sometimes we put these two things against them, each other, right? Like if you're a giver, then you just give. And then we read verses in, verses in the Bible that say, like, do nothing out of selfish ambition. And you go, well, I can't take care of myself. I have to give and give and give and give. And I, I think if we're really honest, Scripture can be a little bit confusing sometimes. We can interpret things in certain ways that may not be healthy. But one thing that we can do is we can look to the consistent behavior of Jesus. And it's going to clarify some things. And I think something that we see here is that taking care of yourself is not selfish. To go like, hey, I, I need some time alone is not selfish. And maybe you're thinking of like, uh, we all have different ways that we kind of take care of ourselves, right? Like for me, the ultimate, like, the, like this is like peak life for me is like if, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just dream for a second here. Peak life for me is like it's raining and my house is quiet, and there's like some like some sort of delicious like soup on the stove <laughs> that somebody made for me. <laughs> and I'm on my couch, and I just discovered like some new like sci-fi trilogy book, and I'm just like reading this amazing book, which I did th this year. I discovered a new sci-fi trilogy book, and I finally read it. Um, and I'm just reading my book, and it's raining, and it's quiet, and there's soup. <laughs> like, what else is there to life? To me, that's that would be like that would be like Rob taking care of himself. Like I sent my kids to to my parents for the weekend, and I made some soup, and I'm reading a book. 
And Lord, if it's your will, it's raining. And cold, like, right, cold? And a blanket, like it's cold and I have a blanket? Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. All right, so you guys let me know. And this is, for some people... I'm going to ask you, like, how do you take care of yourself? And for some people, you're going to be like, let me show you my calendar. You know what I mean? And others, some of you are going to be like, I don't understand the question. <laughs> for real. Some of you, like, you, you've, and I, like, I, I, I don't blame you because I know exactly where you're coming from, especially some of you who were, you grew up in church and you were taught to define your value by what you give not by what God says you are. So let's hear it. What, how do you take care of yourself? Who's, who's got something? What do you do to take care of yourself? I, I gave you mine, Jonna. What is it? Photography. photography, right? So you find joy in photography and it just brings something. Eat healthy. I'm so mixed on that because I, I do, you know what, I've, I've been really focusing on my diet recently and like I feel really good so I'm like, okay, fine, fine. Um, but then somebody brought cookies today and they were delicious. All right, what else, what do we do to take care of ourselves? Who else has something? Another one? Get plenty of rest. You get rest, you eat healthy. Oh my goodness. Some of us are walking away feeling very convicted today. Um, what was it? Pedicures? Pedicures? Kev? Record player on the couch. That's what I'm talking about, man. That's, that's just a getaway? Yeah. Okay, here's a, here's a quick question. This is going to divide the room. How many, and not in a bad way, how many of you find rest or, or rejuvenation or like your idea of um, sort of taking care of yourself involves being with other people. Being alone. Oh, more alone, a lot more alone. That's what I'm talking about. It's funny because I, I love being around people. Like today, I got to meet new friends in our group, and I love being here. Like, I love everyone here. I, I told you guys last week, I recently started um, a new job as a teacher, and I love it. And part of my job, like my morning duty, we call it, is I go at the car line, and I, I help kids, like, get out of the car. We have other like fifth graders that help with that. They open car doors. And I'm there because there are still kids who can't walk from their car to the to the door, right? They need, they need some help. And so I'm there. And part of my job is just like, I'm giving like high fives and fist bumps and hey, good morning. How's it going? And you know, like, I love it. Like, that's such an amazing start to the day. I think I'm going to switch like no more high fives. This week I was, there was this like line of kindergartners and I was like, high five, high five. And this one little girl's walking and she goes, <laughs> and I was like, there it is. There it is. Fist bumps from now on. There we go. It's good stuff. Just big ol' like right before I got there, my hands up and just 
Why? I don't, I don't know. I've stopped asking that. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like three weeks, maybe three weeks, something in, and I'm, I've already stopped asking why. It's like we just, we just go with it. Some of us do really well with taking care of ourselves. We've learned to listen to our needs. We've learned to take care of us, ourselves in healthy ways. Some of us probably try to take care of ourselves in unhealthy ways. And some of us have no idea what that even means. Uh, it's been actually an area of growth for me to go like, Rob, it's okay to do something for yourself. Because I would never tell anybody else, don't do a thing for yourself. Right? If somebody was saying, hey, I need a day to rest, I'm like, take it. <laughs> but it's different when it's you, right? And that, that, this is for some of us. For some people, this is not a problem. But for some of us, there's a lot of guilt attached to that. Like, I need, I need, to, I need to withdraw. <laughs> and it's really helped me to think about this and go like, hey, Rob, what would you tell somebody else who's going through the same thing? I would, I would tell them to take care of themselves. What do I tell myself? Power through. Like, people need you. What do we see from Jesus? He recognized his needs, need to grieve, need to prepare consistently found time to get away. Jesus was the ultimate giver, so he took care of himself. A lot of times we would put a but there. Like Jesus, he was a giver, but he took care of himself too. But they're, they're, not, they're not opposed to each other. These two things go together quite beautifully. And the, the idea that glues them together is that it's not selfish to take care of yourself. If Jesus took care of himself, like, so can you. We even see Jesus defending his disciples. The law said that you can't harvest grain on the Sabbath. And Jesus' disciples were picking little pieces of grain and eating them. And I love this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you Rob's version of the story. They're picking it, and then some, some Pharisees and people, scribes, and the, these very religious people were like, your disciples are picking grain. It's against the law. Why are they eating when everyone else is fasting? And Jesus, Rob's version of Jesus here says, like, because they were hungry. <laughs> Why are they eating? Like, because they're hungry. Like, that's, that's why. Because they had a need, and they need to fill their bellies. Like, and it's that simple. Like, why weren't they sacrificing and following all the rules and doing all the right things? And Jesus is like, because they, like, they were hungry. They had a need. While we do see Jesus and his disciples sacrificing a lot, ultimately all of them but one sacrificed their lives. And I would even argue that John gave his whole life to the gospel of Jesus. They still took care of themselves. 
They were still like, I'm hungry, I'm going to eat. I'm tired, I'm going to rest. I love the story of Jesus, like there's a whole storm and the boat is sinking and where's Jesus? Like he's sleeping. Why? Probably because he was tired. They took care of themselves and never once did they express regret or shame for taking care of themselves. You know, what Jesus didn't do after he had gone up on the mountain, after he like sent his disciples out in the boat, sent all the people away, goes up on the mountain, takes time to himself. All night he's, he's alone. And then he walks out on the water. You know what Rob's first uh, words would probably be? You guys, I'm really sorry. I just, I'm gonna like make an excuse, right? I just needed a little bit of time to get away and rest. I was really tired and overwhelmed, and my cousin just died. Like, I'm going to make excuses, right? Jesus doesn't do that. Just walks out on the water. No excuses, no shame. They never express regret or shame. And when we, when we look at the, the Christian faith in our walk, Jesus gave these two great commands, right? When he was asked, what's the most important law? Matthew twenty two thirty seven. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and all the prophets hang on these two commands. It's a big statement. And I, I think we do ourselves a disservice. Like, it makes a nice bumper sticker or church mission statement, love God, love people. But, but we, we're, we're cutting out a lot of Jesus' words when we do that. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but let's not make that the definitive statement. He, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. If I'm using that as like a measurement, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not doing as well as I thought I was. Because if you go, do you love God? I'm like, yeah, check. Do you love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind? I'm like, sometimes. I, I, I try to. And what this is doing is, is it's pointing all of us to the need for God's grace. It's pointing us to the idea that we cannot fulfill law in order to get right with God, but we can receive God's love. That's the first command. The second one goes like this, and we've cut some words out of here. Love people. He said, love your neighbor. So first part, neighbor. These are two different words, people and neighbor, because people, what it does when it says, hey, do you love people? Of course I love people. But neighbor is the people that I'm in contact with. And then now love suddenly involves a lot more action, not just fond feelings. Because that's what we do, right? Love your neighbors. Oh, that means, that means love people. Love everybody. Well, if I have to love everybody, then I have to reduce what it means to love to have fond feelings toward. That's easy. Honestly.
love your neighbor, the person who you're constantly in contact with, now that, that gets a little more challenging. And then he goes, as yourself. Like, hold, hold on. Love God, love people. There, there's a third party involved here that we are, it is assumed that we're already loving. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus is assuming that you've already checked this box. Like, hey, you know how you take care of yourself? You know how you're important to yourself? You know how you know your value? You know, like, you know all that about yourself? Apply that to your neighbor. And I think in Christianity, we've done ourselves a huge disservice by elevating the idea of hating ourselves And then we go, love your neighbor as yourself. And now, well, that's easy because I don't even like myself. See, loving yourself is the beginning to loving your neighbor. How are you supposed to love your neighbor as yourself when you haven't even taken care of yourself? That's, that's like the foundation to the second great command as yourself. This is what we're going to spend the next few weeks talking about. Well, what does that look like? How do I love myself and it not be selfish? How do we do this? How do we combat this, uh, these ideas that have been in my head that myself is unlovable? How do I take care of myself in moments that are difficult? How do I take care of myself when there are so many needs around me? How do I not feel guilty for withdrawing and taking some time alone? We're going to talk about these questions over the next few weeks. And a real key to this is finding your identity in who God says you are, not in just the things that you do. If your identity is found in what you do for God, your identity is a very shaky thing. Because let's be honest, we're all human beings and sometimes we do well and sometimes we do not. Instead, this whole key is found in our finding our identity in what God has done for us. Because your identity is forgiven. Your identity is child of God. Your identity is at peace with God. Why? Because he gave you that. Your identity is righteous. And that's firm, and it's solid, and it's done. This idea of finding our identity in what we can do is what Jesus came to put an end to. That's law. The Bible calls that a prison. 
And I think if, if we can do this, if we can, if we can learn to find our identity in what God says about us, rest becomes a lot easier because we don't have a bunch of guilt attached to it. Taking care of ourselves is easy because we see ourselves as he sees us. Worth it. God looked at you and goes, worth it. And then what do we say back? Nah. Like we're conditioned to do that. God goes, you're worth it. And we go, oh, but not, not really. God said, worth it. This week, as you're going and loving well, let's be conscious of this. How, how, how am I loving myself? Because Jesus assumed that that's what you're doing. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's an assumed third command in there. Love God, love people. When he says, as yourself, he didn't have to make the command because he was assuming that you're already there. And we've done a lot of work to take ourselves out of that space. Love yourself. And for, for a lot of us, that, there's a lot of work involved there. And there should be no shame attached to that work. Shame is actually the thing that's going to keep you from accomplishing that work. You'll be the best version of yourself when you've learned to love yourself. You'll love your neighbor best when you learn to love yourself. It's a key component to the second great command. So I'm going to switch things up just a little bit this week. Every week we focus on going and loving well. And this week I, I want us to just shift our focus just a little bit. Or maybe a little addition to our normal go love well. And I just want to tell you, go love yourself well. It's not just a suggestion. It's not just permission, but I think it's part of the second great command. Go love yourself well. You guys have an awesome week. Thank you for listening. Our hope is that you feel loved and encouraged. If you have questions or need prayer, please email hello at thearsenal.church. And don't forget to download the Arsenal Church app.